I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, I take you to a forgotten part of Srinagar, which not only held ancient secrets of civilization, but just 3 years ago became the site of a stunning scientific discovery. In 1936, two archaeologists set out on the Naseem Shalimar road in Srinagar. These men, Helmut de Terra and Thomas Patterson, were part of a Yale Cambridge expedition. They were investigating Himalayan glaciation and the settlements of early humans in the Kashmir Valley. About 16 kilometers northwest of Srinagar, they undertook trial diggings and made some notes, but left it at that. Almost 25 years later, an archaeologist, Tian Khazanchi, undertook a deeper excavation over a period of 11 years, which culminated in 1971. The excavation revealed something way beyond anyone's expectations. Four distinct cultures, beginning with the A-ceramic Neolithic, followed by ceramic Neolithic, the megalithic and the historical periods. Simply put, it gave concrete evidence that Kashmir had been continuously inhabited since at least 9000 BC. He had found underground dwelling pits from the A-ceramic Neolithic age to the ceramic pottery of the ceramic Neolithic age to the tools, bricks and rubble masonry of the megalithic age. One of the most interesting finds was the discovery of 10 skeletons with trepanation. A clear presence of multiple holes in the skull which was a consequence of cutting or drilling that indicated the possibility of the art and science of surgery existing almost 11000 years ago on a surprisingly hot morning in srinagar i set out on the same road which titera patterson and khazanchi had taken decades ago a day prior when i expressed my interest in visiting this site everyone from the hotel owner to his auto and taxi connections had no idea what i was talking about they had barely heard of the place which we now know as burzum and were rather perplexed about a tourist wanting to visit the outskirts of Srinagar. But they decided to humor me, and thanks to Google Maps and a ton of asking around, we managed to make it to Burzum. I'd love to tell you that the Burzum archaeological site, one of the most significant finds in archaeological history, had blown me away. Unfortunately, it was deserted. I was literally the only one, and the place was massively neglected. Right in the center of the site, one could see a series of megalithic rocks with only one still standing and painted on it in the most callous manner was T20 a part of the site had been turned into a cricket ground where local T20 tournaments were held but i wasn't merely there for the archaeological site and the megalithic rocks there was a certain artifact i had come looking for in 1969 as khazanchi was ending his decade long excavation a stone carving was unearthed it was 48 by 27 cm and was chipped at one end indicating that the slab may have been part of a larger carving it depicts two bright objects in the sky with rays of light coming out of them and a hunter spearing an animal there is another animal to the left of the hunter drawn above the hunter's spear it has been suggested that this represents a hunting scene and the two objects are pair of bright stars at the local zenith at the beginning of the hunting season so why was i specifically looking for this stone carving 
at an archaeological site which had largely been forgotten. The answer to this lies far away from the Kashmir Valley, in the city of dreams, Bombay. At the Tata Institute of Fundamental Research in Bombay, Mayank Wahia, whose primary interest is high-energy astrophysics, stanched upon this very rock carving. One thing stuck him immediately, that two such bright objects, initially thought to be the sun and the moon, cannot appear so close together in the sky. So Mayank and his two collaborators did something scientists are best at. They changed their perspective of looking at the carving. They made these two bright objects the focal point of their investigation. Meanwhile, far away in Srinagar, I realized that this carving was no longer at the Burzom site. It had been moved to the SPS Museum in Srinagar. So we drove back and for a princely sum of 10 rupees, I gained entry into the museum, eagerly looking for the rock carving. Back in Bombay, far more eager were Mayank and his team to relook at the carving. Mayank had recently developed an interest in archaeoastronomy, a way to learn about the ancient people through astronomy. As they went through the history of cave paintings and rock carvings, they saw that stars were never shown as large disks. Further, the brightness of stars or even the planets is not of the class that requires depiction of light beams coming out of them. Also, the so-called hunting activity shown below is a daytime activity when stars would not be seen. And owing to their nearly circular shape and the same horizontal position, the two stars couldn't possibly be comets, halos or any of the terrestrial events. There was more to the carving than anyone had initially thought. Meanwhile, my visit to the museum turned out to be futile, as most of the excavations from Burzom were not present. All that there was were sections reserved for the excavations, awaiting delivery from the Archaeological Survey of India. After hours spent googling, I realized that they were in the National Museum in Delhi, a city that happened to be my next stopover. Meanwhile, Mayank and team arrived at the next logical possibility, supernovas. They searched the supernova catalog to look for a possible supernova that could have had a brightness comparable to that of the sun or the moon between 2000 BC and 10,000 BC. The rock carving is believed to have we have done before 2000 BC and be visible from Burzom. Only one supernova remnant, HB9, dating around 3600 BC, satisfied this condition. A supernova can be observed even hundreds and thousands of years after its occurrence with high-intensity X-rays continuing to radiate from the site. But even if it was a supernova, what did the rest of the scene with the stag, the hunter and the spear mean? In a major breakthrough, the pieces of the puzzle fell in place. The depiction was not of a hunting scene, but is actually a sky map giving the location of prominent constellations and the moon on the day the supernova was first observed. Using SkyPro mapping software, Mayank and team generated a sky map from the time. And now, is a great time to remember the only constellation you studied in school. A simple rough superimposition revealed that the image of one of the hunters coincided with the Orion. The central stag is the same as the constellation Taurus. The second hunter may have been formed from the stars of Cetus and the other animal on the right may have been Andromeda or Pegasus. What was earlier seen as just another rock carving turned out to be the rock carving of the first recorded supernova in sky chart in human history. Meanwhile, my run to the National Museum at Janpat in Delhi proved futile again. While artifacts from Burzom were on display, the rock carving was missing, probably not for public view. But what stayed with me is how often, favoring one system of knowledge over the other, we forget the wisdom and knowledge of the ancient people, who even thousands of years ago 
had mapped the sky and were able to record a supernova. As we travel, we must be less skeptical and more open to the knowledge which predates us and accept that our understanding of the world is and will always be fundamentally incomplete. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IBM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and YB Travel 42 on Instagram.